Welcome to the Dad of Ages podcast. My name is Daniel Whitworth and I'm the dad of six. Four boys and two girls ages 14 down to three. Dads of ages come in all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, and careers. And one thing that we all have in common is that none of us really know what the heck we are doing. So we do what we can and hope for the best. But I think we can do it better together. That's what this podcast is about. So grab your coffee, your tea, your soda, or your beer, if you're not driving, and enjoy the episode. All right, here we are again with another awesome Dad of Ages interview with fellow Dad of Ages, Cliff Ravenscraft. So Cliff uh, is actually a, a new friend of mine, relatively new, but also I would call him a coach of mine, a mentor someone I'm learning a lot from. And he, if you don't know who he is, he's formerly the podcast answer man. I guess he still is technically, but he's also the mindset answer man. And he has a lot of words of wisdom, but he's also a dad just like me and just like many of you. And so that's why I wanted him on the show. And so uh, that's everyone. Welcome Cliff. Cliff, how are you doing today, buddy? Daniel, I have never been better and it gets better every single millisecond of the day. That is awesome. And I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I knew you would say that. I love that Cliff always says that whenever I ask him how he's doing. And you know what? He means it. He means it. So anyway, I do mean it. Yeah. So Cliff, you're on here today uh, to talk about dad stuff. So tell me about your family, about your dadness. Sure. Well, I'll start off with the most important part of my family, and that is my beautiful wife, Mm -hmm. who has been my partner in this experience and this journey for more than 26 years now that we've been married. Awesome. And we have three, let's say, responsible young adults. Uh I don't like to call them kids and I don't even call them children. In fact, it was sometime after Megan was born that we made a decision that we were not gonna raise kids. Oh, okay. We were not, okay. that, that was just the whole idea of raising kids is not what we are about. Okay. Instead, we were going to raise responsible young adults who contribute to society in a positive way. That and is, from that, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like the, the world has enough adult kids out there. Uh-huh. So we want responsible young adults. And we have three of them, by the way. Uh-huh. So our oldest, her name is Megan. She is, I think she just turned 24. Anyway, she is getting married in awesome. January. So we have our first wedding that we are planning. Yeah. She's recently graduated college just over a year ago. She's had, She's now in her dream job that she currently has on the path towards what I think is going to be some pretty exciting things as a wedding planner at some point in the future just and and i see the potential for full-time self-employment but only if that's what she yeah. truly desires very cool so that's our oldest our middle child is our son he is 22 years old okay out of out of high school he did not want to go to college right away and went and got a job at dhl worked there for i think a year and a half maybe even two years Mm -hmm. and then decided you know what i maybe i miss school i miss learning Uh and he decided to go to college and he went for one semester and then after one semester he's like there's nothing here for me this is this is crazy he's like i'd rather Uh i'd rather just go out and figure out something else in this world than sit here for this because 
Yeah. And he thought he was going to be a teacher and he's like, okay, this is clearly not the path for me. And uh -huh. then he's like, I think I'm going to study to be a film student. And he's like, that's clear. And he's like, okay, I'm just wasting your guys' money and I get it. <laughs> so he, he was, he's done. And okay. now he's, he's getting ready to venture out into his own. He'll, he'll be moving out probably by the end of this year. Okay. And then our youngest daughter is McKenna and she is 17 years old. She is a senior in high school, although for the last two years, she has not attended high school at all. Okay. She's attended Northern Kentucky University because she's a straight A student and she's done what's called dual enrollment. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> when when she, she spends all of her time at, at the university for her classes, she'll graduate with, get this, a 4.8 GPA, which 4.0 is the highest. <laughs> okay. yeah, she will graduate with a 4.8 GPA. She's about 60 days from graduation. And this summer, this fall, I should say, she'll go to Western Kentucky University, same school that our other two had uh -huh. gone to. And when she enters her first year at Western Kentucky University after graduating high school, she'll be in the middle of her junior year of college. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> those are cool. my three responsible young adults. Yeah, definitely. I can tell you're very proud of them. And that's that's great. And uh, not too long from being uh, what they call an empty nester, I suppose, for, you know, no kid. Uh, young adults living in your own home right <laughs> yeah but we still have this little pup his name is leo uh, and okay. so so there's there's still is like i'm thinking it's like okay these these guys are getting out of the house uh -huh. it's just gonna be stephanie and i it's like ah oh, the places we could travel oh yeah i'm thinking oh yeah let, let's let's go to visit new zealand let's go to uh -huh. scotland let's let's go to greece i'd like to visit Thailand and Japan yeah. and I, you know I'd like to go to all these amazing places and well we've got a little pup he's yeah. he's about two or three years old now and so uh, Stephanie's probably going to be tethered here for quite some time oh, yeah still got a mouth that. to feed right <laughs> we still have a mouth to feed and in some ways it seems like this little guy is more expensive than our other three you know, pets can be that way for sure. Yeah. Fortunately for us, uh, we do not currently have a pet. We have six kids, but no pets. And I'm like, maybe when they're all grown up, we'll have a pet again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but okay, Cliff, cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, sounds like awesome. Again, I don't want to call them kids because you don't call them. I'll call my kids kids because that's what I know. But you know, they're they're that's... my kids. They're my children. It's it's not that I don't go out of my way to. It, it's, yeah. I it's. It, they are my kids. They are my children. But I, what I, the key emphasis is that we didn't raise kids. Yeah. No, that's we, smart. we, yeah. They, so they're they're my kids. I definitely refer to them. They're my kids. They're my children. Right. But they are not kids. You yeah. Know, that, the the philosophy like they, they, of what you're doing there. I I actually really appreciate that. I I know that uh, some of the books I've read talk about that. And you're right. There is like an epidemic of like grown up kids. They stay yeah. kids, and a lot of that is because of the way the parents think about them. They think about them as kids, children, all the way into adulthood. Yeah, that's a good point. So one, just I know we're going to go out of out of, but since we're on this topic, I feel led to just share this with you. Kind of, yeah, what does ahead. that mean to not to not raise kids for us? And what did that look like? Well, number one, it meant if our kids ask us a question, we're going to tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. 
So, hey, you know, how, how do babies get born? born? Well, mm -hmm. we used, we didn't use Heine and, yeah. you know, all the, it, we use an added, what, anatomically, anatomically correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, we do language. the same thing. Nicole's a nurse. Like, we use the right words. I get yep. you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this is what's going on. This is uh -huh. what happens, you know, and so here, here we have toddlers who are four and six years old talking about the sexual process of reproduction yeah. uh, with their class, <laughs> with their <laughs> preschool classmates, you know, yep. we're getting calls and it's like, yeah. what? It, yeah. This is real stuff. I mean, it, 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 I can't help it. Your kids don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> right. um, the, there's all, the other thing is we made a commitment, and to, again, not, to not lie. So that means that we never told them about a guy who wears a red suit that comes once a year at the yeah. end of the year, yeah. comes down the chimney. It's like, no, that's not how this works. You yeah. know, your mom and I, we, we once a year celebrate this season and we are the ones who have purchased mm -hmm. those gifts for you and stuff like that but here's why you might want to uh you might want to not break the illusion for your yeah. friends and so yeah. we did the, the same thing. the other thing mm -hmm. yep the other thing that we did is we never talked to our kids it's like okay well let's not do that okay so here's what you need to know mm -hmm. And we never spoke like that because I would never speak to, I would never speak that way to another adult. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so we've spoken to our child, our children from the time they were toddlers and could speak, mm -hmm. we spoke to them as we would any of our adult friends. Yeah. And, and so, and obviously we, you know, I mean, we spoke with reason that they could understand that their language, yeah. but still never in a tone that made them feel like they were inferior or less than, and you know, we're, we're the people with all of the answers and you're the yeah. one that just needs to be the sponge. It's like the, and the other thing that is very interesting is that we allowed our children to challenge the things that we were teaching them, mm, to challenge true. the rules, to challenge everything. And that has been so incredibly powerful and rewarding to see that it's like, wait a second, you know, I, because I said so yeah. is not an appropriate response for me, Cliff Ravenscraft to give to my children yeah. uh, because I told so is a cop out. It's like, no, why did I tell you so? Right. It, actually, I did actually say, because I told you so, well, why did you tell me so? Uh -huh. And I'm saying, that's a, that's a really great question. <laughs> a fair question. Let me yeah. get, let me get back to you on that because I don't even know if I have an answer right now. Right, and right. These are the and this is the dialogue that I would have with a seven year old, an eight year old, a thirteen year old. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So that's what I was talking about. No, that's really that's that's really good, and I, I definitely uh, track with you in a lot of this. We don't do the Santa Claus thing, and we also the anatomically correct. And I'd say for the most part, yeah, I, I probably do talk to all my kids just like another adult kind of thing, maybe. The two-year-old when he was super young, you know, like you said, you, you kind of have fun with them, but that's cool. No, man, thank you for sharing all that. Um, now, before we get into more dad stuff, I do want to make sure you get a chance to, to plug your own business. So tell us about what kind of work you do and anything you'd like to say about that. Hmm, the work that I do, I help people experience radical shifts in the way that they perceive and experience life. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll give you a perfect example. I have a guy who just applied for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. And he says, Cliff, I absolutely need your help. I have been struggling. I about 
three years ago, I grew my business to $1.2 million in revenue. Everything was going great. I thought I, would achieve, I had achieved all the pinnacles of success, everything that the world has taught me that, that it should lead to a fulfilling life. I had it all. And then things started to slide a little bit financially, and now I'm only making $600,000 a year, and I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. I am overwhelmed with stress. I have no peace. I'm, I can't sleep at night. And by the way, his situation is such that he could he could get by. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like 600000 is nothing to sneeze that's, at. This would be a decent. dream come true for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And the reality is, is it doesn't matter. I actually have clients. I have one client who has a net worth in the hundreds of millions. Wow. And this person, when they first started hiring, when they first started working with me about 13 years ago, had the same exact situation. I, mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed with stress. I have no peace. I have, there's really no fulfillment in what I'm doing. Yeah. This person never has to work another day in their life if they don't want to. Right. And they're yeah. coming, it's like, Cliff, it's like I, there is nothing material that I couldn't have. Right. But there's an aching in my soul and I don't yeah. know what it is. I can't even, I, I'm filled with utter depression and despair. Mm -hmm. And today this person is experiencing joy. And, and the, if this person lost everything yeah. and owned nothing and was in debt to the federal government for $750 million, this person would still have as much peace, joy, love, and abundance. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's another, I have some clients who for various different reasons, some of them failed business partnerships where the partner embezzled the money out of the thing, mm. an employee embezzled money, or they just made some really stupid decisions, hired somebody, didn't oversee things. I have three different clients who either owe the IRS $100,000 all the way up to $7.5 million. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they are all filled with joy. And Well, today have joy peace, uh -huh. fulfillment. They have plenty of time with their spouses. They have, they enjoy, they're fully present when they're with their kids. They don't sweat the small stuff and they've come to understand finally that it's all small stuff. That's what I do professionally. That's a really good description of it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Cliff. And I, I know I'm learning from you and I've joined uh, your coaching as well. And I'm getting to that point. So I certainly appreciate what you do. And and I'll put some links in my notes of how people can connect with you. Okay. If that works for you. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's get back to dad stuff. Uh, so the first question I like to ask when talking about dad stuff, we've already covered some of it, but we'll cover it again is like, I like to ask about your own father. Cause I know uh, for me personally, I didn't grow up with a dad and that has shaped me as a dad. And it's, it's, our own father has, a, I think, a profound impact on how we are as men and as fathers in general. And so I think it's a pertinent question. So tell us about your relationship with your father. So which one? That, that's part <laughs> of the answer, isn't it? It's like, so what's the... <laughs> you're, so, you're, you're, so, okay, let's put there... it this way. The guy who uh, uh, is your earthly father, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that actually, that no, I mean, which one of those? I oh, have okay, two. okay, 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 so, yeah. So, so here's what I want to talk about. 
um, I have my, I, I'm going to say biological dad, mm -hmm. but when I say biological dad, I don't want to refer that I didn't have a meaningful relationship with him. He was my dad. He mm -hmm. was my father and, and I loved him. He loved me. So in all, in all ways, he is my father. He is my dad or was in, well, and is, and then we could get into that even if you mm -hmm. want to, or stay away yeah. from it. It's perfectly fine with me. Yeah, anyway, okay. so, so there's my biological dad. The only reason I'm going to call him my biological dad is because my dad today he was my stepdad from the time I was either five or six years old. He became my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And I always referred to him as my dad, except for the fact that I, I would actually tell stories. And as a content creator, I'm sitting there it's like, okay, so I'm telling you a story about an experience I just had with my dad. And then I'm talking about a different story about right. it. And it's like, it's like, your dad sounds like he's got multiple personalities. No, it's just two different dads. Because <laughs> I yeah. called them both dad. Right, right. So, okay. so yeah. and, and so my biological dad passed away in 2015. And about, I think it was about a year and a half, two years after that, my stepdad, said hey would you be interested in if i were to offer to adopt you mm -hmm. and so my stepdad became my official adopted so i Legal i'm an dad, i'm yeah. an adopted mm -hmm. i'm an adopted child and i became an adopted child in my 40s which is That's awesome funny and crazy <laughs> and all this other stuff and some of that and i said the only th i said yes i would love that i would be honored the only thing is, is would it be weird for you if I told you I want to keep my last name? I don't want to change. I mean, I, I've, I've got a brand recognition with yeah. millions of people around the world as Cliff Ravenscraft. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I love my dad and I and I want to stay true to that, you know, that that whole thing. And, and, and I said, you know, just authentically, I just don't want to change my name. And he says, yeah, no worries. So anyway, yeah. So that's so I have two. Yeah. All right. So um, where to go with this one? So I'll start with my biological dad since, mm -hmm. you know, I started out with him. Uh, one of the things to know about him is that he was a drug addict and an alcoholic from the day I was born all the way up until when he died in 20, May of 2015. Okay. And during the first five years of my life, to say that I was introduced to some pretty traumatic experiences is to, it, it's an understatement. My, one of my earliest memories as a child is I'm a toddler. I, don't, I, I, can't, I have no idea how old I was. Mm -hmm. My mom doesn't even know this story, I don't think. Um, and, and if she did, she, I know she doesn't know that this happened. So uh, what happened was I recall as a little toddler, my dad and all of his male friends hanging out on whatever drugs they're on. I don't know. And all I know is they, they were acting funny and I, you know, I've been able to see it in memories. Mm -hmm. And so I, all I remember is looking uh, down the steps and there's a door that was open and it had a screen door and I could see the sun. And it's like, I wanted to go outside and play. It was a sunny day. And I began to walk towards it. My earliest memory is one of my dad's friend had a large, incredibly sharp knife. He held it to my neck and he said, he said, if you walk one step closer to that door, I'll slit your throat. Dang. So that is one of my earliest memories of my childhood. And wow. then 
yeah so there there was situations where my uncle and my dad were hanging out with a bunch of their friends and he passed away from a drug overdose at that party mm. um there's a there's a story of guns being held to people's heads i mean all sorts of fun exciting things for oh, a yeah. to experience wow. with his dad now the crazy thing is is that when my stepdad became my dad and my mom left and divorced my biological dad uh, it's like i i mean i literally jumped into a parallel universe no yeah yeah like you know <laughs> yeah. they talk, it's like it's it, i'm living in a different world yeah it, it's like what is this world i i do not understand playgrounds i do not understand I, what, what, what is camping and, and what, what is this? What is this? I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't understand this. This is not, the, the, I, I, I'm like, I live in this chaotic and that, of course that was my environment. It's like, yeah, you no, didn't I, know any different. I, this, yeah. this is what, this is what life is supposed to be. And then I'm experienced. And so I'm confused about what, what life is, what this world is. Yeah. So it, it was a difficult transition. Um, the, quite frankly, I hated my stepdad at mm. first. I was angry that he took me away from my dad and, yeah. and, and took my mom away from my dad. I'm like, what the heck is all this stuff about? So this is my childhood. And then over time, you know, my, my mom obviously didn't want me to be influenced by my dad. But at the same time, she's like, listen, it's going to be as I was getting older, you know, seven or eight or nine, I wanted to be my, with my dad. Yeah, I didn't know why it was wrong for it's like, listen, it's, this is no big deal. And so there were times that I would, you know, my mom's like, listen, I'm not going to force you to not have a relationship with your dad. But let me just tell you, it's not safe for you. It's not. This. Mm -hmm. and, but there were times when my dad was more able to have experiences with me and, and stuff like that. And there were times when, you know, all throughout my life where, you know, it, it it's like, no, you, you're not going with him this week mm -hmm. or any time ever again, <laughs> uh, that kind of deal. So, uh, so I had this on again, off again relationship with my biological dad. And when I became a young adult, when I was 17 years old, I was invited to go on a cruise with him. And it's the first time it's like, okay, listen, I, my mom's like, listen, at this point, it, you know, it, yeah. you're almost an adult, you're going to make your own decisions. And, and I'm not going to try to sway you one way or another about your dad that you're at a place now where you're, you're responsible for whether or not you want to hang out with him. Well, I went on this yeah. week long cruise with him. And it was the worst experience I'd ever had in my life. Mm. I had never been so embarrassed to be in the presence of another human being and the way that he treated people. And all night long, all there was was just the sound of puking in a bathroom. Wow. It is. Yeah. It was just. And I resolved from that moment, I hate this man. Mm. I want nothing to do with him. I can't wait to get off this ship. And, and that began our adult, that my adult relationship with my father. Yeah. So, um, interestingly enough though, uh, this is just a confession of who I was at the time. The one thing is, is that my dad was my dad and I knew that he desired to do things for me. And quite frankly, and, and, you know, there, I don't, by the way, today, 
this guy you're talking to right now, I experience zero guilt. I experience zero shame. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I refuse to go all the way down to those levels of consciousness. Guilt and shame is just not within my ability to experience today. Yeah. But all, all the, all the way up until his death, I experienced tons of guilt and shame. And the reason why is because from the time I was 18 until uh, pretty much until we had children, until Megan was born, I only ever wanted anything to do with my dad because I, there was the chance that he might help me get something that I want, whether that um, is mm -hmm. he wants to give me money or if, you know, it's like, I, I'll never forget this time I had a cell phone carrier. Uh, and, you know, this is in the early days of cell phones and they had this one bill and stuff like that. And there's like, Cliff, you, you owe us a thousand dollars. I'm like, listen, I'm 20 years old. I can't uh -huh. afford to pay you a thousand dollars. This, this is ridiculous. You, this is not what it, and so my dad being who my dad is, I knew that he could call and, and there, there's no limits to what he will say to them. And, <laughs> and sure enough, he, he got, he knows how to get people on their phone and say, listen, you're going to do this or else this. And, and, uh -huh. and he, he, so, so in essence, I kind of used my dad. Yeah. And, and, and I only ever really did a lot. Of, it, it, this is what I'm, this was my, this is what I'm giving you is actually what I used to recall. Yeah. None of this by, none of what I'm telling you is actually accurate. I mean, the details are accurate. Yeah. But my perception of my relationship with my dad is completely off. Right. So anyway, in my mind, I hate my dad. There's never anything good about my relationship with my dad from the time I'm eight, 17 on. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I can, the only way, and it's only in looking back and it's after his death, the only way that I'm able to maintain my ability to hate this man is by making sure that I repress all the memories of anything good that he had ever done and all the good thing, attributes of who he was. Yeah. So in my pick, in my mind, I would only allow myself, because here's the thing, I'm a Christian and that's a, at one point I'm a pastor for 10 years. Uh -huh. So I'm an associate pastor in a church and I hate my dad. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really mix well. <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. So, so, and then when my kids were born, it got to the place where it's like, okay, he can't be around. the the things he does and says around my mm -hmm. kids huh -uh. no yeah. no 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 so we got to the place where for for the I, I well from gosh what what's that when was megan born she was born in 1999 i think yeah 1999 is when she was born so from 1999 to 2015 the only times i ever saw my dad was during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay. Ironically, I experienced significant depression from Thanksgiving through Christmas every single year. Mm -hmm. May have been correlated. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> and the only reason why is because of the amount of guilt and shame I had about how I felt about my dad yeah. being, his, his, being his only son and wanting nothing to do with him. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, it, it took me until the, you know, the first week in January where I could forget that he exists uh -huh. and I could repress the fact that he exists, except for occasionally he would call and leave a message and, and he would, you know, leave like 18 voice messages in one day. Hey, I just wanted to check you in. You know, it's, it's two o'clock. I 
Just want to yeah. see how you're doing. Hey, it's it's 3:15. Just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. I love you. Just call me sometime, and and it would trigger another bout of depression. And uh-huh. I'd have, ah, it was yeah. So that's my relationship with my biological dad. Now, what I want to share with you is, and, and then I'll come back and talk about my stepdad. Mm-hmm. But what I want to share with you is, he experienced some significant medical issues with heart. He had surgery. He, he got to the place where he couldn't walk anymore. Here we are in our business financially succeeding beyond measure. And we have this beautiful dream home that we built. It's got a guest, a guest room in the house with the whole bath, you know, attached to it, all this stuff. And the idea of my dad taking in my biological dad, that's a non-starter. It's yeah. like, no, I, number one, he smokes. Number two, I don't like the guy. Number three, he's not getting, he's not living in this house, house with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of guilt and shame I felt about that. And the fact that it's my second cousin who takes in my dad uh-huh. and cares for him for the remaining years of his life. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're talking about some heavy stuff that yeah. was weighing heavy on me. Yeah. So and then uh, it was May of 2015. I go and visit him at this rehab center. He had just gotten out of some surgery, had some things. He had seen the behavioral unit for his craziness and all this other stuff. But now he's in this rehab place. And I go to visit him right before I'm on my way down to Nashville to do a triathlon. And that day he was being, inc- well, he was being himself you know what he's always done he was yeah. being really rude and nasty to everyone he was being rude and nasty to me and he was oh and it's like hey this is my son and if you and, and he was saying really inappropriate things and i like <laughs> listen you know i said dad if you're gonna say these things i don't want to be around you I, I i can't i number one i don't want you to treat me this way and and i don't like how you're treating these people i don't want to be around you when you're treating people this way yeah. he goes well why don't you just leave then uh-huh. and though and he died that night oh Wow. So yeah. that that was that was my last final word. Yeah. So to say that when he died, that I experienced a deep new low that I didn't think that I could experience, it was pretty profound. Yeah. Wow. Um, it took it took me a while just to get through all of that. Yeah. So I'll kind of leave that there for just a moment. Okay. And, and I'll tell you about my stepdad. So my stepdad, I told you, you know, he's, he's an incredible man. And he's loved me from the time that he first met my mom. He's done nothing but provide the greatest that life has to offer. Yeah. And, and, but I, I didn't know I, I it was a hard adjustment. I refused. I called him Jack for the first, I don't know how long uh-huh. I was like, yeah. Listen, no, I am not going to call you dad. That's not happening. You're Jack, you know, yeah. and, and all this stuff. But he dealt with it. He put up with it. And eventually, I don't know where, but somehow, somewhere, some way, I eventually began to see him as my dad. And and just he, he was a workaholic and has always been a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And but the, he's a provider. And he's like, listen, and, and he was also very disciplinarian but not disciplinarian in in a overly harsh way i mean i he grew up with a 
of his dad was a major in the Marines. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he, he, <laughs> he grew up with some discipline. Yeah. And so I'm sure I had it nothing like he did, but there, right. you know, there was some spanking and some stuff like that involved mm-hmm. every now and then, but not, not, it was not overly aggressive. And quite frankly, it worked well on me Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and stuff. But the, the thing is though, is that he, he had very high standards of, ethics you know it's like listen Mm -hmm. i asked you to do this you're going to do this and when you say you're going to do something you don't and you don't do it half but you 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 do it the right way and go back and redo it and so he had and you know we didn't do a we when we went on vacations we went on vacation but we didn't go on vacation a lot because he worked all the time he's providing and you know if, if, if we struggled a lot financially for the first probably 10 years that he was married to my mom. And then eventually one day he took over the family business. His, his dad started an insurance agency in 1937. He took mm-hmm. it over. And when he took it over, all of a sudden, financially, everything changed. As far as I'm concerned, it's like, wow, a dar- daddy Warbucks is now no. my dad. <laughs> okay. You know, uh-huh. but at this time, at this time, I'm already, I don't know how old I am at the time, maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. I've got a little sister and she's seven years younger than me. The only thing I know is that I'm still on the, I'm still on the edge of, I'd love to have this mini bike. I'd love to have Mm -hmm. this. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, Whereas my sister who wants things that are less expensive, you know, gets everything she wants. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so, so I'm still, (laughs) I'm still on the verge of that. And then let's move into when I'm a teenager and um, you know, I'm, I'm 16 years old. My dad buy my mom and dad buy me a car and it's like a $2000 jalopy, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but but they <laughs> but they buy me a car. I didn't have to pay for it myself. And but then 7 years later, just to give you an idea how things were shifting financially for them, 7 yeah. years later my do- my sister uh, turns 17 and her first car is a brand new right off the showroom floor <laughs> Mustang convertible. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mustang convertible. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. So and then, by the way, I have, a, I have a little brother who is eight years younger than my sister. So do the math on that. Oh, is yeah. That 15 years younger than me. Spread, yeah. This kid, my little uh-huh. brother, dude, he's like, <laughs> He, he's he, he's he doesn't ask he's like listen you're getting me this i want this i want this i want this and i want it and this is the date i need it by uh-huh. <laughs> every every wow so but but the in a way i'm so incredibly thankful yeah i am so incredibly thankful for all of the things that my mom and my stepdad and now my dad did not provide for me, right. did not give to me, that all the things that I had to work for. I There's so much of that discipline that I'm thankful. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for the work ethic. There's so many aspects of that that I did not like back then yeah, and course. I resented before, mm-hmm. but uh, but there's that. So my yeah. as far as I'm concerned, my, my stepdad, my dad, he has been an incredible father and, and, just nothing, nothing whatsoever in my mind could I give you as any negative aspect that I would want to share with you about my dad. And yeah. I don't even consider him being a workaholic 
to be a negative aspect. It's yeah. just a part of his system of life and his is, system yeah. of belief. Mm -hmm. And that's just who he is. And in spite of that, he provided me a great life and, a, and, and all this other stuff. So, and by the way, today, me and my stepdad, we have the most amazing. So, oh, by the way, I went and worked, started working for him and my mom in the family business in yeah. 1996, worked there for 12 years. I was next in line to take over the insurance agency. And if I wouldn't have uh, left, I would own the agency now because he retired just about yeah. three or four years ago. And I'd be making about 1.5 to $2 million a year. Yeah, I'd be miserable. Yeah, you'd be in, miserable. In the most but... <laughs> soul second career of my life, but yeah, I'd be financially successful. Money does not um, buy happiness. That's right. <laughs> no, it does not. It helps a little. So, so anyway, so that's my relationship with my dad. And when okay. I when I went to, when I went to leave the insurance agency to pursue my own full time self employment career in two thousand eight. When I went to giving my notice, I thought for sure this is going to be the one time my dad's going to like, listen, you, what an idiot. Seriously, uh -huh. not a, what an idiot, but do you, you have no idea. There's no way. Do you know what's, ha what's happening in the financial world here in, two th in late 2007? Do you not see what the, do you not know what a gift you have here? This is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to talk me out of leaving. He, goes, he said to me instead, this is what my stepdad, my now dad said. See the, how different, how difficult this language is, dad. Uh, dad yeah, dad. I get it. I get it. Anyway, yep. <laughs> so he said, this is what he said to me. He goes, man, I've been waiting for months for you to come in and tell me that you're ready to leave. Uh, <laughs> wow. He said, uh -huh. he goes, I am so excited for you. Uh -huh. I, and I just want to say, man, the courage it takes for you to make this decision and come and tell me about this. I'm so proud of you. He says, I, first and foremost, I just want to let you know, you could always come back here. If it doesn't work out, you always have a place here. Yeah, but I wow. just want to let you know, you'll never come back. Because mm -hmm. I know <laughs> what your passion is for what you want to do. This is your gifting. This is your talent. And it may not be easy. And you may not have an easy way of seeing how this is going to work out. But you know how much money you could make here owning this agency. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you right now, you'll never be able to make as much money here as you will going and pursuing what you feel most called to do in this world. Yeah. Now that's a that's great... what my dad said to me. Yeah, that's a great and now he's, statement. Wow. He's 72 years old and we just went to a Leo Sayer concert this past week and it was awesome. Great. So we, we, we have, and by the way, he's retired for a couple of years now and uh -huh. he still works two or three days a week at uh -huh. the insurance yeah. agency. Can't stop. Right. Yeah. Can't uh -huh. stop. Which, which is great. As a matter of fact, I, it's part, part of that is my actual coaching. I actually coached okay. him on that. I said, listen, okay. I, I said, dad, I, I've, I've done too much study of careers and retirement and what happens when people retire. I said, here, here are the signs to look out for. And he says, Cliff, gosh, after nine months of being retired, I started to see the signs and I can understand why people actually pass away uh -huh. within a few years of retirement. Um, and he goes, I'm going back. I'm going to work a couple of days a week. Yeah. I said, that's awesome, dad. I, you got, cause but my, my suggestion for him, I said, you've got to find something you, yeah. you, you can't, you can't, this has been so much a part of who you are. You have to do something. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can't just but stop that. But yeah. Most of his life, he was taught that mm -hmm. you're going to work until your retirement age, you're going to sell, and you're going to enjoy life, and you're going right. to do all this stuff. And I'm like, Dad, they lied to you. Yeah. 
I yeah. said, I, th- I've been coaching people for the last 10 years. I have people who are 78 years old and 82 years yeah. old, and they're hiring me to help them figure out what they want to do next in life or yeah. work. Not yeah. because they need it financially. Right. No, that's, that's beautiful. No, thank you for sharing all that about your, your dads, for sure. You, I mean, you've, you've kind of seen the, the two sides in a lot of ways of like having not a great dad, not a great dad experience. I put it that well, not I, a great dad experience. And then a, a great so the dad perception. Experience. Yeah. So, so actually what I had is the perception mm-hmm. of a not great dad experience and the perception of a great dad experience. Right. By the way, only one of them I consider to be true. And that is the fact that my my dad, who is 72 years old, my step who who became my stepdad and now my adopted dad, that perception I consider to be true. My perception of everything I told you about my relationship with my biological dad is a falsehood. Okay. It is it is a complete and utter lie. Okay. And it was a lie that my subconscious mind created so that I could proceed with my hatred of my father and my selfishness and everything else. Right. But you've since learned. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So after my dad died and within actually uh, within the last five, three and a half to five years, I've experienced some pretty miraculous things. And one of them happened one night when I was going to uh, laying in bed, wanting to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I am literally no longer in my body. Mm. I am not in my bed. I'm not in my body. I am traveling through space and time, having what I would call today a metaphysical experience. Now, Mm -hmm. this one is an experience where all of a sudden I am literally flashing to all these different scenes within my childhood. And every single scene has one thing in common, me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And and this went on, if you can imagine it's like I'm it, it's like a flash and I'm in that memory. I it's like I'm there. I'm the yeah. little kid, little version of me with my dad. And all of a sudden I'm there and it's like maybe 5 to 7 or 8 minutes worth of that scene is being yeah. played in front of me, but it's not being played in front of me. I'm experiencing it. Wow. So imagine 8 minutes of that experience within 10 seconds, uh-huh. five seconds. Yeah, so yeah. I'm literally experiencing minutes within seconds. And then it flashes and another one. And then it flashes and another one. This went on for two to three hours. Wow. And every amazing experience I ever had with my, do- with my biological dad, every incredibly profound amazing thing he ever did for me all the sacrifices that he made all of them were unleashed unlocked and were allowed to flood back into my being wow that's amazing and that uh, and jan and then i will just share with you in january of 2021 on my birthday january 20th i woke up at one o'clock in the morning and i'm like that's a little too early. I think uh-huh. I'll wait till at least 3.30 in the morning. And I had a habit of getting up at 3 or 4, 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning at the time. And so 1 o'clock was a little too soon for me. Yeah. So I went back to sleep, but I didn't go back to sleep. However, 
I did have another one of these metaphysical out-of-body experiences. I'm not in my body. I'm not in my bed. I'm not Instead, I'm someplace else, and my dad comes, and he's wearing like this white robe. Uh-huh. And and his face is shining like gold. He's got his reddish hair, uh-huh. and it's and it's got a glow like a halo around it. And the crazy thing is, is he has those crazy sunglasses that he was wearing on the cruise uh-huh. the entire week where we were on this cruise. So it's it's he's got these crazy sunglasses, <laughs> and he comes to me. And here's the interesting thing: in this dream. My my dad and I spent three and a half days together. Uh-huh. Three and a half days. He came to wish me a happy birthday. He came to talk to me. He came, and here's the thing: for three and a half days, we never spoke audibly to one another. There was no need. It's just whatever I thought he heard, whatever he thought I heard, uh-huh. and. To, and and I'm like, there. The the beginning was I'm so sorry, Dad. For and he and he cut me off, and he's like, no, just like in the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah, the, he went to go apologize, and he's like, no need. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, We're celebrating, and then he he says, and he says, I want to. I said, Dad. I, I, I get it. No, I understand. I am totally appreciate if I were given the fact that your parents died when you were a teen, you, you had these experiences, you had this situation where you got in trouble with the law, you were put uh-huh. into the military, introduced. I can see exactly how I could have lived the exact lifestyle that right. you did. You're, I am no, I, you, and, and I have begun to see just how much you gave to me you always did the and, and he's and we embraced and we spent three and a half hours to get or i'm sorry three and a half days together in this dream it was real i'm telling you daniel it was more real than this conversation than you and i are having right now okay. it was more real than that yeah. and then i woke up at th- i woke up at 3 30 in the morning wow. so for two and a half hours i spent three and a half days with my dad and ever since then me and my dad my biological dad I have the most incredible relationship with that man. That is amazing. Amazing. I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful childhood with him. Yeah. From the time I was a toddler all the way up until 2015, he was an incredibly loving father who did everything within his power to make sure that I had the life that I was able to experience, including encouraging my mom to marry my dad. Wow. Wow. That's a, it, it is amazing how, I think you bring up something there um, that I've often thought about is that how we as the offspring of our parents can't really know. I mean, without what you've been able to achieve, let's put it that way that without without that we can't really know what life was like for our parents before we were there or even like when we were there because when we're when we're kids we're not paying attention to their lives right you know we're not really thinking about their motives their challenges any of those things 
you know, and I think about that now as I am a parent of young children, like they don't know the stuff I'm going through right now. They don't know the mindset work that I'm doing or the, the internal struggles and all that, that the, the day that I kind of get mad at them for the same thing that yesterday I wasn't mad at for, you know, they, they can't perceive all that now, but it would be nice, kind of like what you've experienced if that someday uh, they're able to actually be able to experience all that and see uh, the whys behind the, you know, the, the, the experience that they perceived as they, as they were growing up. So that's, that's powerful. Very powerful. Cliff. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, all and that. So, like I said, that happened in January, 2021, and I've been studying countless hours every day since to figure out what in the heck these metaphysical metaphysical experiences are Yeah, and learning and studying from ancient traditions about all of this stuff. And, and this is the this is a a key component and a core of the work that I do as a mindset coach today. Yeah. That's how I'm able to help people break free from their traumas of the past and their yeah. perceptions of what life is and and all this other stuff. And the great news is I've been able to do it within the framework of people's existing beliefs about God. And yeah. uh, the uh, great news is that I'm able to do it with people who are at hardcore atheists or people from other religious traditions or anything. It's, it's yeah. like, listen, I, I don't need you to change your your beliefs and perceptions of God. I I have studied immensely all of the different paths. I study atheism, I study Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, uh, I haven't studied Muslim nearly as uh, as much as I would like, but I don't, haven't had any paid clients there yet. Mm -hmm. I now have two Orthodox Jews, so I'm actually needing to study a, a lot more about mm -hmm. specifically what an Orthodox Jew believes and what that religious life is like. But this is what I do. Yeah, is it's like listen, I I need to understand your language because I believe everyone was created by the creator mm -hmm. and we all have an experience of a union and connection with that creator and our traditions that we grew up in each each tradition has different language and a different way to explain yeah what that that is and so this is this is what i do that's that's what no. i love yeah is helping people with that no, Cliff, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I, I, I very much look forward to our future sessions where you're helping me with these things. So but let's talk about a little bit more dad stuff. If we got, we got a little bit of time right. left, if you're cool with that. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that about your dads and those experiences there. Uh, we've talked a little bit about what I would consider uh, challenges and things like that. What Let's do something light. I don't know if you do light, actually, but <laughs> do something light. What would you say your favorite thing has been about being a dad? Like oh, my favorite thing, just just seeing the evolution of an infant uh, learn how to interact with the world, starting all the way to watching first steps take place. That mm -hmm. is just the most incredible thing. I got to witness that three different times to watch my children learn how to walk upright. Yeah, yeah that that is a miracle uh -huh. uh, i one of my favorite things is to see children learn a language uh -huh. that is that is mind-blowing to see uh children to see my children learn how to read and how to write and how to interact with others that's been amazing 
I, I love seeing how each of my three children have the same parents, but have three uh-huh. radically different, distinct personalities. Oh, yeah. And it's just so incredible to see how each of them have become uniquely themselves mm-hmm. within our family dynamic. Um, I, I Yeah, so those are, I mean, th- I could go yeah, on for the next hour, on, so I'll yeah. stop there. <laughs> those are good things. And you know, that that is, I appreciate that you share that because it's easy to, it's kind of what you focus on. And I know for me, what I'm learning from you there is like, it, there's a lot of good in just watching them become them. You know, they're, they're, that's a very cool part of it. And I think for me, for the longest time, I've struggled with that. I wanted them to become me, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, there's a scripture that says, train, you know, train the child in the way, or train the, the way sh- they should go, child yeah. in the way, in the way that they should go. Uh-huh. And I always interpreted that as like, well, I know the way they should go. I've learned uh-huh. all the hard lessons and I'm yep. going to teach them how to go the way that I learned to go. And I know the way they should go. Yeah. I've since learned, and I haven't studied the root words and stuff like this, but I've I've since heard from people that I respect that it's trained the child in the way that they are bent. Ah, have you heard this? I have not, but it makes more sense. So change cha- change <laughs> the child, train the child in, in to go in the way that they are bent. Uh-huh. So basically, train the child to find and navigate their path through this world, uh-huh. given the system of how the world works. But that child is unique. It is an individual soul and son or or daughter of God. Uh-huh. And train that child how to take their unique perception and perspective of life and to go and help them navigate their own way of being in the world. Yeah, that's with good. what you've learned. No, that that and since being a dad, I definitely uh, I can see that as being way much more God's intent than you know train them in the way you think things should go. <laughs> right. Well, and you think about this: How does God parent us? Yeah, we're all in unique. Uh, yeah, we all have our own past, and, and he he lets us do all sorts of stuff. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, we do really stupid stuff throughout our lifetime. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes we do. And yeah. and he's and he's not sitting. He's not sending us. I mean, sometimes he he he'll bring about. But the, he created the universe in uh-huh. such a way that there's this thing called you sow what you reap in hindu they yeah. call it karma it's yeah. exactly the same yeah, thing reap what you so sow, it's not yeah. necessarily yeah it's not necessarily that god is causing things to happen he's just created a system right. of perfection in the creation that yeah. when you do things there are consequences right but those aren't things that he is imposing on you right right and he's like so so learn learn how the universe works yeah. As I and and I'm going to, and he allowed us to learn it you to bump up against the bumper rails of life. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and we and we yeah. can actually take the bumper rails off and go way outside the lines and it's not him bringing consequences, it's just these are the right. consequences of what happens. Yeah. And and you know what how many times will I forgive you? Is it 7 times? No. 70 times 7, yeah. which is actually he's effectively if, if, infinite. You know, if yeah. you if you get there, whatever that number is, times that by seven. Yeah. Because yeah. there is an infinite number. I'm not, I'm here to train you in the way that you desire to create yourself to be in this world. Yeah. No, that's good. And I, I know 
I had, I thought, I, so one of the things that I've found in, in parenting that, that fits into that, what I've had to learn that I've had to unlearn as well is that uh, it's really about uh, giving, giving your kids an opportunity to learn just from natural consequences instead of, like you said, the imposed, all right, you get a spanking, you get this, that, or the other. It's like the more we can teach our kids, and it's especially easier with the older ones, is if you can help create an environment for them in which they have options and choices so that they run up against the consequences of their own choices, not against the, the, the apparent imposed you know, fake things. And so that's very true. And that's, that's what God does to us. Like you said, he sets up a system where there are consequences for our actions. And, you know, if you jump off a really tall building, guess what? <laughs> Gravity's going to work. You know, yep. <laughs> it ain't God making but, you do but he, Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't <laughs> stop you from doing it. That's right. That's right. The, the stove is hot because it's hot, not because he's like punishing you. No, that's a very, I like that perspective for sure. For sure. Yeah. So let me ask you another question. So uh, one of the things I like to talk about is what I call the game of dad. Uh, just a, a little analogy. I like to say like in, in the game of dad, we do wins and losses and wins and losses are primarily have to do with uh, the building of the relationships with our kids. So that the long-term relationships with our, uh, with our kids that we want them to still be friends with us and things when we're, when they're grown and they don't, we don't want them to hate us. Right. Uh, well, I, well I, let me just, since you put in the right at the end there, I just want to say that I'm not automatically agreeing with that statement. Okay, That's fair. So I don't want, I don't I'm totally fine. If any of my three kids want to hate me for the rest of their life and never want anything to do with me, if that's the way that they are bent and desire, desire to go through this world, that is their choice. Okay. And, and I have no desire to contradict their free will of choice of their relationship with me. Okay, that's fair. But I would also say I, that with that said, I have though, a desire. Yeah. I have a desire for them to love me. Right. But 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 it, it, I am not attached to that desire being fulfilled. Gotcha. But you're not going to do anything intentionally to damage the relationship. Oh, to hurt. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Nothing right. intentionally. Right. But I may, I may, in my ego personality, if I get into a lower state of consciousness right. do something that could unintentionally cause that and right. i would still refuse to feel guilt or shame as a result of it i okay. may i may come to my senses realize what i've done was inappropriate or harmful or hurtful or any of that thing i may apologize and they may choose to not accept my apology right and i that you one god will not be mocked he created a perfect system of sowing and reaping, and I will reap whatever I sow, including right. in these relationships. And you're right. I wouldn't do it intentionally, but right. I'm not, I'm, I, as <clears throat> Cliff Ravenscraft, this ego, which is distinctly different from who I truly am at my essence, which is a divine spiritual being having a human experience, but the ego of Cliff Ravenscraft right. very well could potentially do something, but I don't live in fear of that. Right. And so speaking of that ego side, that's kind of where I'm getting at is here, here on the lower energy levels <laughs> where most of us spend our time, Cliff, I know in our conversations, we talk about this. So the question is, is basically what I know you probably wouldn't call them mistakes, but what uh, maybe as oh, I call you, them mistakes. OK, no, as I you've call been them a mistakes. parent, as you've I been a dad. I call them growth experiences or 
There you go. Uh, investments in education. There you uh, go. Advancements in my understanding of the universe. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're called, I, I still use the language mistake. What would you say <laughs> in raising your young adults, uh, your young responsible adults would say some of the areas that you found challenging in your ego, maybe mistakes, so, you've, ways that you've not done it as well as maybe you could have, it's, however you want to. Well, back in, <laughs> yeah, back in the day with Megan, our first child, she got the brunt of the unconscious version of Cliff Ravenscraft. Uh -huh. You know, just I, I am who I am and I am the programming and I'm going to spew out everything that I brought in. Not everything, obviously. I'm, uh, yeah. I wasn't a drug addict or an alcoholic. But what I will tell you is that I was a very angry person. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, Megan, when she was young, I did spank and uh, you know and and i would say things very loudly so that she would know how angry and yeah. wrathful i am and and hopefully that would put the fear into her mm -hmm. um and so that was a part of it wasn't consistent i wasn't an abusive father yeah um certainly didn't need to incorporate it, it wasn't even you know much like compared to what I had as a child. And, mm -hmm. and I, again, I don't disparage my, my parents for spanking me. I trust me that from that perspective, that worldview, it, it was an appropriate way to parent and discipline some, for right. some people it still is today. And I I'm okay. You know, yeah. It, it, yeah. that was, trust me, that was not the most of my emotional scars right, from right. childhood. <laughs> so, uh -huh. but the thing is, is so, you know, when I look back, um, I, would I, do I wish to take it back? Absolutely not. I, if I could right. go back and erase all of that, no, it's, right. that's a part of the experience of, of life. Yeah. And, but when I, I don't know if it was just, it was probably just before or just after our son was born somewhere along this path, we had, I had a wake up call. It's mm. like, this is not how I want to parent. This is not, I can't just be doing what I, I'm. I, this, this is just not it. And so we, I just completely shifted. Number one, I stopped the yelling and the anger, not overnight, by the way. Right. Just, you intended to and, and yeah. worked toward it for I, sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so what happened was there was this one instance I'll, I was, this was uh, probably 2008 or two, no, yeah. 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting down in my office and my daughter Megan comes into my office and I said, Hey, don't set your don't bring a cup down here. You know, and it was a cup. I don't know if it was lemonade or whatever. And she brought it in anyway. I've told her, I said, Hey, will you please take that upstairs? She goes, It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be uh -huh. fine. Uh -huh. And so I, we're sitting there, and then she knocks it over and spills it onto my laptop. And at the uh -oh. time, financially, we yeah. are like really just barely getting by. I mean, it's it's let's actually it, it at the time we were on food stamps okay. i mean it, yeah, we, yeah. the first so. year of our business we were on food stamps and yeah. for the first half of 2009 we were on food stamps i mean this is it was and so we but the business had paid for like this 1500 hundred dollar dollar macbook laptop at the time uh -huh. it's my main computer for my business right now destroyed with uh, whatever yeah, yeah. liquid was in it mm -hmm. and if there's a mistake 
and and by the way, I don't have any guilt or shame associated with this today. Right. I understand. Ex- I, I completely understand and appreciate how that version of me had that response. Yeah. But wow, did I lay into her. And I want to tell you, from that moment on, my relationship with my daughter, Megan, sh- changed forever. Uh-huh. She, from that point forward, it, it she ceased to be the, the daddy's little girl and we have the best relationship on this planet kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and unintentionally, unconsciously, we grew apart, mm. you know, yeah. and, 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 and I mean, she's obviously I'm still in the house every day. I'm still doing this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But all of a sudden I have this very detached relationship. And, my, and this is a time when she's starting to go yeah. through puberty and all this other stuff. And I'm feeling really awkward about the girly things mm-hmm. that, that I don't know anything about and all this <laughs> other stuff. And, yeah. and, and, and I will tell you that that actually put an incredibly powerful strain on our relationship, father daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, really bad. I I I felt like the world's worst dad for probably, mm. if I had to guess, for probably f- eight years, nine years. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so many times, my wife would say, "You know, Megan thinks you hate her." Mm. And I'm like, I, I don't understand that. How could she mm. think that? It doesn't she well, it's how you how you speak to her. It's how mm-hmm. you and I'm like, but I'm not it, no, it's 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 how you're not speaking to her. Mm-hmm. I can't get it right. Right. You know? right. And, and it and again for me, it everything shifted. And I would say it all started to shift in 2000, June of 2016, when I fir- was first introduced to, to some Tony Robbins materials, Creating mm-hmm. Lasting Change, a 10-day yeah. audio program. And then Stephanie and I went to UPW, Unleash the Power Within, for the first time together as a couple. And, and from that point forward, that's when I was like, I was way in deep on personal and professional development, understanding human psychology, understanding mm-hmm. human behavior. And I'm like, okay wow, this, I, I want a different relationship. And from then, now today, having the most incredible relationship with my daughter. Mm, but yeah. I'm incredibly thankful that she chose to accept that. Right. Because yeah. quite frankly, there, there would have been enough trauma introduced into our relationship that if she chose to, she could want to never have anything to do with me as her yeah. father. Yeah. And I would understand and I would respect and I would appreciate it. And I would have as ego personality, Cliff Ravenscraft would have quote unquote deserved it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. She, by the grace of God in her, she extended that grace to me. And we have an incredibly powerful relationship today. That's great. And I have less of those kinds of stories with uh matthew and i can't think of any that i've had with our youngest yeah but i did have one with my son and this was again still way before i started studying the tony robbins Mm things but there was a situation there was a situation where he did something and it cost us some financial harm and i was very angry first time i yelled in a long time as a parent and i said mm-hmm. things like you know you don't know what you did and blah 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 you don't you don't respect me and i got really it's like ooh and mm-hmm. and afterwards i'm like ah and then i i'm like okay this will never happen again until it happened again mm-hmm. the same exact thing and then i went really off 
And, and I said some things to him that knowing what I know now about hypnosis, about the power of suggestion and how it turns into what's called auto-suggestion and becomes a part of your identity, I said things to him that could be potentially ruin his life for the entire rest of his time on this planet. Wow. And, and, and I didn't know it then. Mm -hmm. I only knew it. I've only learned about it since 2016. Yeah. So from 2016 through today, 2023, I've learned all of this stuff that I've learned. I'm like, wow. Thankfully, I learned it at a time where I've been able to go back and I've been able to sit down and have conversations with him and undo the wiring of those statements yeah in, in a, it, that that had been planted i don't know though uh, the cuz i still know enough to know about how hardwired how how deep that can go yeah and those words that i spoke to him could still get triggered at some point in the future yeah and 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 i just recognized that and it's like wow th- 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 that was a mistake and and you know what the thing is though is do i re- how can i say that i've had these experiences and i experienced no guilt and no shame because i i love myself i i i asked i asked for forgiveness for what i've done for myself i've asked him for forgiveness i've asked god for forgiveness i've received forgiveness mm-hmm. i've been pardoned grace has been extended yeah. why relive that hell over and over and over again right no, I get that. So, yeah. So, so for me, it's like, listen, this this is in the past, and it's a part of his story. It's a part of my story. Yeah. That you can't go back and erase it like that. You can go back and heal it, though. Right. And there are there are principles and tr- t- strategies, techniques, and tools for that. But so far, there doesn't seem to be anything on the surface so far in his life that that's there. I'm on the lookout for the potential dangers of yeah. that c- coded information mm-hmm. surfacing in the future. And if I'm alive and I'm able to witness that, if it ever does occur, I hope that I'll have the opportunity. But if not, I trust that the, the same way, trust me, I've had some hard coded stuff from my past uh-huh, yeah. from both of my dads. Yeah. That I've since processed and healed yeah. from, and they had no part in it. So yeah. I trust God is never caught off guard. He yep. loves us unconditionally. I believe as divine spiritual beings, as we all are, we have never been separated from him. And he's always there leading us and guiding us through life, through all of these experiences that he knew were going to be a part before we ever came. Yeah, no, and that's that's truly like, I, I think about those things for sure. And I thank you for sharing that because I know that I am a different person today than I was when my first son was born. And I'm going to be a different person when my youngest is 13. He's certainly, he's currently about to turn three. And it's like, just like you, you know, I, I did the same kind of thing when my young, my oldest was young. And I know that probably made damages, honestly, like you said, the hard coding into his psyche that I can't change. I can't fix. I can try to heal as I'm being healed personally some of the things you're helping me with um and i do but no it's it's a good perspective there there is no condemnation like it says in yep. romans and that, that nothing can separate us from it. and god and the thing of this is one thing i've learned that i've thought about too is that how each of us has our own path to walk 
right? You know, they may be our offspring and we have some influence on that and we have some responsibility there for a time for sure. But at the end of the day, each one of us has our own path to walk and it's a path with God in the lead, not dad, not mom. They can't fix it. There's only one that can fix it. And uh, at some point in time, whatever damage our parents might have done, they're not, they're not going to be held accountable. They're not condemned for it. Uh, it's still my journey with God. That's the one he knew I was going to have from the well, beginning. The, well, the thing know? is, yeah, they're not condemned for it. And, and the, as I, I, th I think about this from my old perspective of, mm -hmm. of that is like, oh, well, we wait until judgment day. You'll see. Yeah, right, but then right. the other thing, the, the, the truth that I believe today is that the essence and the true identity of my children are as divine spiritual beings, their mm -hmm. souls have never been impacted by what happens in this material world. It's only mm -hmm. the ego and its ability to navigate mm -hmm. through this world. It's it's who my kids think they are. Right. That is that is experiencing the suffering of those experiences. Right. But once released from the physical form and its associated stored memories in the brain, uh -huh. It eventually dissolves back into spirit, oneness with the Father, and the realization that that experience was nothing more than, oh my gosh, I just woke up. I th that was the craziest was dream. dream that yeah. that life that we just had. Yeah, yeah. Reading it, reading it. <laughs> yeah. He, he just, I'm, by the way, he just I'm held in, up the book, The Fifth Agreement. I'm in the, mid in the middle of it. Yeah, it's some heavy stuff, but it. it, it yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into that right now. We, we'll, have <laughs> we'll have our coaching call next week. But uh, so, Cliff, I, I definitely appreciate you uh, being on the podcast. I just have one more question for you because we have run sure. certainly longer than uh, anticipated. But I kind of knew that would happen with you. You're you're not one that's short on words for sure. But you say great things, and I appreciate you being open on here with me. Uh, so. We've kind of covered some of the things you did right, and so we won't cover that again. You've done some good things with your kids, especially I think the the, the perspective of I'm raising young adults. I'm not raising kids. I really really like that. Um, so what? So now that you have grown kids, your kids are all effectively grown. Uh, you've you're done raising them for the most part. I would you know I'd say they're they're now on their own. Uh, what advice would you have? for other dads, like for myself, for others that are like in that younger stage uh, and, and, you know, behind where you're at, like maybe some uh, short advice that you have for us. So the, the thing is, is get very clear about who you are in this world. And if you have anger, shame, feel, fear, guilt, a lot of anxiety, worry, mm -hmm. doubt, Work on you. Mm, yeah. And if you can get yourself out of those lower levels of consciousness, outside of living in that way of being, that state of being, that that emotional states of or those emotional states of being, if you can get yourself out of there, mm -hmm. your entire energy of your body and being in this world will call forth out of your children a completely different experience. But here's what I want you to know. I am a huge believer in this thing called the law of attraction, mm -hmm. that everything is energy, 
everything vibrates at a frequency and lower states of consciousness or lower emotional states such as fear, anger, anxiety, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, all of this stuff, these things put out an energetic frequency that attracts all of that out of your children, your spouse, your coworkers, your boss, your clients, if you're a business owner, everything. Mm-hmm. And and God will not be mocked. Uh, will not be mocked. You will reap, you will attract into your life the experiences and thoughts and and environments that you are energetically projecting out into the world. So if you want to see your children elevate their positive aspects and attributes, first you must change your own elevation of your emotional states. When you are able to raise yourself up to resurrect that mind of Christ within you, you will then call forth from everything around you, including your children, a whole new experience. Mm. No, I, thank you for that, Cliff. I, and I, I believe that for sure, because I've experienced portions of that so far, definitely. Definitely the, the lower energy levels and seeing that, like, basically the mood of dad turns into the mood of the house. You're right. And uh, if it can work the other way, too. So very cool. Awesome, Cliff. Well, I definitely appreciate you being on the podcast with me and for sharing these things uh, with uh, with my audience and with me. I look forward to our next coaching session, uh, but I think we'll call it a day for that. And I'll put uh, your links in my uh, show notes so people can find you if they're interested in learning more about Cliff and how you can help them like you're helping me. So uh, got anything, any, any final words you want to say before I close it up? Final words. Uh, just thank you for this opportunity. And after you end the recording on yours, do you mind if we continue to talk for just a few more minutes? And sure can. I want to ask you for permission to sh- include this conversation as an episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Oh, you absolutely can. And uh, yeah, when we stop awesome. the recording, we'll, we'll hang out for a little bit. So, all right. But, awesome. Thank so, you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, my, you know, you guys listen to this, the fellow dads of ages, Cliff's a great guy. He, uh, you know, he thinks a little differently than a lot of us do, but not necessarily in a bad way. And I'm learning a lot from him. So you totally can too. And so uh, I'd say just keep on keeping on, keep trying. Again, the important thing is, is not that we win or lose, but that we stay in this game, this game of dad. So that's it for today's episode of the Dad of Ages podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of the Dad of Ages podcast. Do me a favor, and if you like what you heard, give me a five-star rating and check out my website, dadofages.com. If you're a dad and would like to be a guest on my show, there's a place on there to let me know. And always remember, in this game of dad, sometimes we're winning and sometimes we're losing, but the important thing is that we stay in the game.